Welcome to the Fem Nation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs can rise together. Success comes in many flavors. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm White of Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Entrepreneur and founder of the Female Entrepreneur Movement, our business is dedicated to helping women start and grow their businesses, increasing financial independence. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back to the Fem Nation podcast. Today, I have Ashley Mason, founder of Dash Social. Thank you for coming on today, Ashley. Thank you for having me, White Dove. I look forward to our conversation. Tell me, how did your entrepreneurial journey begin? So I've always been entrepreneurial-minded, I'd say. Since six years old, I've loved the idea of making money and hopefully making a lot of it. Um, I like vividly recall being 10 years old and sitting on my family computer to Google how to make money as a 10-year-old and being disappointed with the fact that I was limited to running a lemonade stand or becoming a mother's helper, doing chores. And I'm like, well, anyone can do this. I want, I want to do something else. So I just kind of became intrigued and found ways to always try to make money moving forward. From the day that I turned 16 and get a job, I did. Um, and really, my whole entrepreneurial journey with Dash Social actually started when I created a blog. So in 2012, I created a blog around fashion and lifestyle, worked with a lot of companies to do paid partnerships and realized that many of them didn't have a social media presence. And so from there, I really wanted to help them. But I was also starting to take an interest in marketing itself. So working with them on a pro bono basis, I helped them to build marketing strategies, manage social media platforms, things like that realized it was something I really loved doing and something that I was good at doing. And so I ended up kind of dipping into freelance marketing opportunities until I decided to establish my company in 2016. Mm. So how has that been since you were freelancing versus now that you have a company? Yes, definitely. So when I, when I was freelancing and actually first started, it was just me. So because it was just me, we focused on social media because... That was really my passion and something that I know I'm really good at. But from there, what we actually have done now is over the past three years expanded to become more of a, so to say, a marketing firm. So kind of offering a suite of services rather than just one service so that we were able to accommodate clients with any marketing needs that they have, um, which mm. has been really amazing. And it's also been really awesome to know that I have a team to rely on. So I don't feel like every single thing is falling on my plate or on my shoulders I know that I have super talented and amazing people to delegate tasks to. What do you find is the biggest missing component for your clients when it comes to this? So I would say in general, time. A lot of the reason why people hire me is because they just don't have time, which is understandable. I mean, as entrepreneurs, we have to wear so many different hats and needing to prioritize different things is really important. And so because of that, marketing just tends to fall to the bottom of the to-do list. And so that was really the thing that was missing for them is that they knew how important marketing was for their business, but they just didn't have the time to do so. So by partnering with someone like me, they're able to really get their time back and focus their time on things that are directly making them money and things that they know they're they're good at. Mm, Sounds fabulous. Who is your um, most common client? What do you see? What are the commonalities? I would say... They mostly tend to be female, which is unintentional, but I tend to attract a lot of women, which is really empowering to me. A lot of them are service-based. 
I've worked with a lot of clients in the wedding industry, which is my absolute favorite because I say that the images they receive are just breathtaking. I've found myself crying at someone's wedding. I don't even know just from the photos, <laughs> <laughs> which, which is really great to me. But I really love working in the wedding industry because they're just so creative and there's so many fun things to do with it. That's what I think I love the most is that it's just a fun industry and being able to be creative and do things in a super fun way, but also provide results is a really awesome feeling. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you regarding your specific entrepreneurial journey, how do you define success? And does that definition of success differ from when you were a freelancer? So when I was a freelancer, I would definitely say it was more so kind of casual. So it's kind of like one project here, one project there, something that I didn't take seriously. It's when I like really decided that I want to start a company that I'm like, all right, I'm going all in and really focusing to have that steady work. Mm-hmm. But so when I was a freelancer, I was working for someone else at the time and I didn't have the freedom. So to me, success is freedom, whether it's freedom involving finances, freedom involving schedule, freedom involving who I choose to work with. Anything within that scope is what I deem to be successful. I think it's honestly this past summer living in Massachusetts and being so close to the Cape. I love being able to go to the beach. And so being able to just take a random day off because it's 90 degrees and sunny out to go to the beach is an incredible feeling because I know that not everyone who works in a nine to five or in the corporate world has the privilege to do that. But knowing that I can easily switch my schedule around to accommodate days that I want to do something for myself or maybe take some time off is something that's really gratifying to me. That raises another question. So when you're able to, as a, uh, you know, controlling your own schedule, the freedom that you've worked hard to create for yourself inside of building a business, um, and also when you're a freelancer too, but a lot of times people, women have a hang up being able to identify truly taking the time off and saying, I'm going to go ahead and take this day off versus saying, Oh, I'm going to take this day off, but I have so many things I know I'm going to have to come back to finish. What is that transition for you? Like, cause I know it's a hang up. Yes, that is a great question. So I am very particular about my schedule. I say that being a super structured and scheduled person is a good thing, but also a bad thing. So because of that, I actually time block. So I map out each hour what I'm doing of each day, which really helps me to get a better feeling of what I need to do and when. If something comes up last minute where I need to take the day off or if I just want to take the day off, I just take a look at my schedule for the rest of the week and will actually rework this time block and these hours that I have to accommodate for it. Sometimes that may be involving working at night um, rather than working during the day. If I want to take the day off, I may have to work that night instead. But almost always, I can end up kind of rearranging my tasks so that way they still get done on time, but maybe at a later later time in the week that I'd like them to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've also kind of crafted my schedule with the fact that I don't accept calls on Mondays or Fridays. Because Fridays typically do tend to be the time where I take off. So by not having any calls on that day... It's not really a huge deal because I don't need to cancel calls or anything. Mm-hmm. So that has been really great. Um, but I'm very intentional about my schedule and knowing what I need to do and when. So that way, when I have a due date in mind, it just makes it easy to push it to another day without feeling overwhelmed and kind of saving everything for one sitting, so to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you to, truly decompress and be able to enjoy that time? Or do you worry about having to get back to other things? I have kind of crafted a schedule so that if I know that I have a deadline, I do things a good amount of time before the deadline. I don't like to be a typical last minute person. So I think because of the fact that I'm very 
proactive with making sure I get things done before it actually needs to be done has helped me to kind of have that relief. Yes. Just be able to let go. Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of checking my email though. (laughs) So if I see an email (laughs) notification pop up, I'll usually open it. But other than that, I've, I have been able to kind of let go of that whole, I need to be turned on 24 seven, which is a really great feeling. But I think that that's something that also didn't come right away is something Mm -hmm. that it took me almost three years to learn which I know that a lot of people also face too, is that it's not something that you will kind of understand and learn on your own right away, but you will as time goes on, as you get more confident in your abilities as a business owner. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about imposter syndrome. How have you dealt with that? I definitely dealt with it through my age. So starting my business at the age of 19, um, imposter syndrome and ageism almost went hand in hand. Oftentimes people will equate low age or young age with low pay or low experience, Mm. which makes sense in a lot of cases. But I felt imposter syndrome then because oftentimes he would talk to me and realize how young I was and then try to make me their intern or bring me on as like minimum wage for a job that was worth well above minimum wage. So that made me kind of question my capabilities. And also, um, also where I faced imposter syndrome is just being just being so young really is just making me think like, do I actually do this? Like I'm not going the corporate route when everyone else is. And it seems like you have to go the corporate route and build a successful career there first before going off on your own. So I faced kind of like that imposter syndrome because of the fact that not everyone agreed with my path. A lot of people agreed that or felt that I should work for someone else first. And so because I didn't reach other people's expectations of myself, that kind of made me almost absorb their own feelings or expectations Mm. of what they thought of me, even though it wasn't exactly true. Mm -hmm. What about uh, setting those boundaries that, you know, you were, you're definitely not available for hire, but setting the expectations and balance boundaries for when people did try to approach you that, how did you set those and say, no, thank you. I appreciate that. um, and, And carry on. Yeah. So one thing I found that worked really well is having a referral. So maybe if they wanted to bring on, um, a lower lower subcontractor or something like that who I knew if it was in that rate, then I would have a referral there. But also right. I would say that really just kind of demonstrate my value and show that the reason why my rates are the way that they were is because I have extensive experience and extensive results to show for it. And so oftentimes once people realized how much I'm actually capable of doing, then it kind of almost made sense in their mind why my mm-hmm. points were higher than they felt it should be. But it, that was definitely something that was really hard too, is I'm very, um, I, I never want to like stir the pot, so to say. So I've, I'm always trying to say things that are really polite. And so oftentimes it gets tricky because I'm like, I want to be really polite, but also not want to get pushed stand, around. <laughs> stand your ground, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's awesome that you've um, kind of already conquered that thought process and moved through the world because you're educating a lot of people on moving out of the stereotype, which is what we need to do. I mean, there's many different ways and many different reasons why people need to move out of the stereotype. But the one that you deal with happens to come at you a lot and you continue to, to put those boundaries down, which is nice. What was one of the, um, one of your greatest strengths that you leaned on early on in your entrepreneurial journey? So I would say that the reason why I actually started my business was my mom was diagnosed with brain cancer. So the day after my 19th birthday, we found out about her diagnosis. And so literally it happened. I'm like, you know what? Life is short. You never know what can happen. 
And so the best time to follow your dreams is now. So from that moment on, I spent the next eight months really creating a business plan, thinking about what I wanted to do, figuring a whole bunch of stuff out, and then actually launching it. So her being sick is what really acted as my driving force and really kind of made me want to create something that would make her proud while she was still Mm -hmm. with us. So her sickness just made me realize that I can do whatever I want. I mean, there's no, no better time to do so as now. And so that's one thing that kind of pushed me forward. And even now to this day, even though she passed over a year ago, it's like knowing that I want to continue to make her proud has kept me propelling forward and continue to reach new heights that I've always dreamed of hitting. She's proud of you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> <For> you. <sure. laughs> How has the entrepreneurial journey changed you as a person? So I would say it's made me more confident. I used to be very shy and reserved and the thought of like meeting new people that I didn't know was really overwhelming. But being a business owner forces you to step outside your comfort zone seriously. So I had to get used to calling people I didn't know. I had to get used to attending network events, networking events alone and just walking right up to people. I had to get used to making decisions that may be a little bit risky, but would have a great reward potentially. So that was one thing that I noticed throughout my, throughout my past three years of owning a business is I've just noticed for myself how much I've shifted in terms of growing my self-confidence and feeling really good about myself. And so I know that it's funny because I'm like, if I feel this way, people from the outside, like my closest friends and family must see something even bigger than that. Because typically we don't notice right. how much we change or take notice of our accomplishments. So I'm like, if I feel like I've done that, then it must be pretty obvious to other people too. <laughs> right. And what does the future hold for you and your business? What do, what do you have your sights set on? I would really love to become more of like an more of like an agency type. So that's one thing that we've been continuing to work towards is become more of like a marketing firm. So offering a whole suite of services. So that way, any clients who come to us, they can get a whole bunch of different services if they choose to and if they have the budget to. So that's one thing I'd like to do is because I'd like to be able to provide really good results for my clients, of course. And one of the ways to do that is to utilize all pieces of the marketing pie. So that is one thing that I definitely see for Dasha Social itself. I also consider myself multi-passionate. So I would like to launch a second business within the next year or so. But yeah, I definitely see kind of just growing and expanding by adding more subcontractors, but also being able to provide value to our clients in different ways. How do you want to grow personally? Personally, I want to just kind of end up feeling even more comfortable with myself. So one thing I've really gathered a passion for is speaking. So doing public speaking in addition to things like podcasts and stuff. Um, but which is funny because since I used to be so shy, public speaking, I was like, uh-uh. and now it's something <laughs> that I just really enjoy. And so that's one thing that I'd really just like to get more and more into is just going to different schools and organizations and companies and things like that. And just talking about my story and talking about how going against the societal norm of getting your college degree and then getting a Mm -hmm. nine to five is totally okay. And so I really would like to inspire others to do the same. Yes, yes, yes. I actually do a class for the high schools in this area about entrepreneurship because I'm like, yes, college is a viable option, but it's not for everyone. So if it's not there, you can also be an entrepreneur as well, or you can go to college and be an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter, but this is a viable option. And we live in a day and age where it's so amazing to do so. Yes, definitely. I know. And that's exactly why I want to as well as because in my own college experience, I my alma mater is amazing. And I had 
an awesome time there. But that college as well, in addition to so many other colleges across the country, if you're there, they're, they're all focused on, well, get an internship to get experience so that you stand apart from others. Or let's add on more clubs and activities to fulfill your resume so that way you look like a great hiring candidate and things like that. It's more so geared towards getting into that corporate lifestyle rather than saying, okay, why don't you try freelancing activities to build your own skill set and portfolio if you'd like to become an entrepreneur and things like that. So I really want to kind of shift that conversation. What do you think it's going to take to shift that conversation from the, the collegiate level? I think is just what really can happen is almost in like the program. So there's like a few colleges around here in Boston that actually focus on entrepreneurship, which is great. Mm -hmm. And I think if just more colleges would even end up considering that as a major, many colleges offered as just a small minor. If there's a major that's entrepreneurship, that could be a really big hit. Um, Bring it more into the curriculum. So finding ways to do real life case studies or real life experiences that encourage students to think like a business owner or think like an entrepreneur. That's one thing that I think could really help because oftentimes textbooks and classroom assignments and projects are all focused on companies rather than focusing on yourself. Mm. Yeah, it's been a couple of years since I was taking college classes. I say a couple. (laughs) <laughs> and I roll my eyes. <laughs> but um, but yes, because it has been case studies of strictly businesses, you know, um, more manufacturing type or more corporate type uh, mm. seems to be the heavy push. But yeah, that would be a great incorporation. And really, honestly, you have a lot of contribution to that. You know, mm. so that's neat that you're speaking to that, uh, to those topics too. I am amazed. Um, tell me, (laughs) so tell me, tell the listeners, how, how can they benefit from being more active with their marketing? What's a good benefit for that? Definitely brand awareness. So you want to make sure that if someone goes to look at your company or business online, that they're seeing who you are, what you do and how you can help them. Social media and other marketing firms in general or other, other marketing um, initiatives in general are a great way to reach other people, view, like establish yourself as an expert and just really kind of work on building your brand. Mm-hmm. So with marketing and whatnot, it just makes it a great way to kind of expand your effort, so to say. And so by having a solid marketing strategy in place, then you're able to reach the business goals that you want because marketing closely ties into other aspects of your business. It helps you reach certain financial goals, it helps you to reach um, certain operational goals, things like that. There's so many things that it's tied to that can mm-hmm. really help take your business to that next level. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, it would be better if they would work with you. But if they're working with somebody else, what are some metrics that they should be aware of that is really benefiting them from their marketing team or their marketing bus- uh, firm that they're using? Definitely. So I always say not to focus on the vanity numbers. Vanity numbers tend to be um, likes on a number of posts Mm -hmm. or anything like that. Even followers, I'm kind of skeptical on the number of followers as well. That can kind of be a vanity because you have to make sure that you're not just kind of getting followers in an an organic way just to increase that number. You want to make sure that they're followers that are actually within your target market who are truly engaged in your content and find a ton of value in you. So from that, I would look at specifically on Instagram, comments on photos, perhaps the number of direct messages you may get, Anything that shows them taking an initial conversation. Um, With email marketing, you could focus on open rate and click-through rates, logging, or even your website in general. You can look at the traffic that you bring. 
Um, those numbers are really important too, just because it gives you so many different options to look at. But I always recommend to not focus on those vanity numbers because it can end up leading to kind of false perceptions. And if someone is liking your post, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're purchasing from mm-hmm. you. And so it's so much more important to focus on the people who are actually bringing you the dollars rather than just kind of giving you a quick like, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of, um, I know a lot of my generation doesn't quite understand that because right. we didn't grow up in the, the digital uh, social marketing world. That's relatively new for us, but I can see the benefit of hiring somebody that is in your position because you grew up under you guys. Uh, and I say you guys, because I have a 21 year old millennial, you know? So, I mean, I see <laughs> when he brings things to my perspective, I'm just like, Oh, I, he's like, no mom, it doesn't even work that way. And I was like, Oh, what? You know? And so, <laughs> and so here we are a bunch of, you know, thirties and forties something year olds that we think, Oh my gosh, a lot of people liked my stuff. That means I have all these customers when they, nobody ever materializes because it's not really a customer, you know? So <laughs> understanding that backside of what it's actually doing and how it's actually doing it is what is so critical to what you do. Definitely. And that's another point too, is that Um, Just kind of understanding, like there's a huge misconception with people thinking that social media is the golden ticket to sales. Mm -hmm. When in reality, I always say that you get the best results when you utilize all pieces of the marketing pie. So not just social media, but email marketing, blogging, SEO, paid ads. When you utilize everything together, that's where you really get the most bang for your buck, so to say. Mm. But I think that there's a big idea or notion or notion that people think that, Oh, well, if I post on Instagram, then that will just instantly bring me a client. So I think just kind of shifting your mindset and realizing I'm using these tools as a way to build, build my brand and position myself as an expert and just make it known to my target market, how I can help them solve their problems. That is really the most important too. And also your marketing feeds into itself. So people may find you on social media, but go to your website and then purchase something from there. Maybe they find you by signing up for your email list and then start to follow you on social media. So it's like, they're all so interconnected in their different ways. And just kind of remembering that is really important because not just one avenue will bring you the results that you want. And we're in the stalking era. Yeah. I mean, I, because <laughs> I, I will tell you right now, I've been in the game for about three years, heavily involved in the, in the online space in the social media world um, for three years, only three years. Uh, but the thing is, is that I will check out the channels. I will see, you know, okay, this person looks really cool. That's awesome. They did a great live or I saw them in a masterclass or something, but I'll go see, I'll Google search them and then I'll check out their website. I'll check out what pages they have on Facebook. You know, I'll see what their Instagram looks like. Do they have LinkedIn? You know I mean? I will yeah. actually go through all the channels just to get more of a well-rounded picture of who this person is, because I want to make sure the message that I heard the way I heard it is clearly throughout their messaging. So if their website is disconnected from what I heard, I'm like, wait, that, that doesn't make sense, you know, and it shoots credibility. Definitely. So, so yes, I see where the whole package is there, but also you mentioned something about, you know, brand awareness. And I have actually spoke about this to many people that brand awareness is really ultimately what this should be targeted as, because you're never going to sell to a cold market. You have to warm them up. And how do they get to know about you? you? You cannot go into social media marketing or the whole parameter of marketing and warming up an audience to try to get the top sell, the first sell right out of the gate. It doesn't happen. You can't position that's, an that's... ad. You can't position an ad expecting to get a sale from someone that's never even seen you before. It doesn't happen. 
Right. And that is an excellent point too, is because you have to think about that. You need to build that no like, and trust factor with these mm-hmm. people before they even consider wanting to make that purchase. And so, I mean, I've seen with both my clients and myself, like for me specifically, I had a client hire me and they're like, Oh, I've been following you for two years. And it's like, it took them right. two years to make that investment. And so that is something important to keep in mind is that when you're consistent with showing up online and providing value, it does pay off, but mm-hmm. playing, being patient about it is huge. And that's a great point that you mentioned with that. People, you're never going to get that sell mm-hmm. to a cold market. It's a long game. Gotta be. It's too noisy to not be. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I can see the benefit of what you provide for your clients. And I think it's uh, very, very admirable that you are willing to step out of the status quo and stick your stick yourself out there and say, I can say this is the way it can work. This is a possibility. So I love that. I love that about you. Thank you. Yeah. Tell me where can the listeners connect with you? So I can be found on dashofsocial.com or I'm also dashofsocial on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Awesome. I want to thank you for coming on today, Ashley. And I want to give you an opportunity to um, add anything you, anything you wanted to after the fact too, because we'll hyperlink everything in the show notes for you. Um, guys, definitely take her up on finding out what she's doing. Stalk her. We talked about it. It's brand awareness and she's all about it. She knows that's what's coming. So. <laughs> but yes, it's very important. And in the era of building some part of your business in the online realm, gosh, this is so important. So as always, keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Fem Nation podcast. Be sure to check out our show notes for more details from the episode. If you love the show, share it with a friend or drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you over at whitedovegannon.com or find me on social media. Until next time, keep moving forward.